That's it. We're live. Is this thing on? Welcome to another episode of Voyage of the Geek, where we talk about all things in the geekosphere from uh, a unique perspective, shall we say. True. Myself, Dave Scotland, Dan Miller. Dan Miller. How you been, Dave? Not too bad. I've got a flu coming on, mate. I can feel it in the back of my throat. Yeah, right. Normally I've got these blue tablets that mum dug out for me once, some kind of health remedy PCP mm-hmm. tablets. Okay. And I just pump these into me for about 24 hours and normally it keeps everything away. But right. I've, run, I've run out of them. So I can't get my uh, my PCP, PCP IP tablets. I've been spared so far. I suspect, I have this suspicion that the change of the seasons is what causes this for some reason. I don't quite know why. It allows the bugs to grow or something or other. I think the um, the remedy mm. usually uh, revolves around scotch <laughs> when you can't get these PCP tablets or usually a combination is pretty good as well. Yes, provided environment in which they can't live. Absolutely. It yes. kills uh, just about anything. It probably explains the proliferation of the Scottish people across the planet. <laughs> <laughs> They've outlasted a lot of people because they're – <laughs> heavily into the uh, killing of the bacterias. So what uh, what have you been pondering over the week? Um, <clears throat> uh, looking at all sorts of different things and brought along a couple of things to discuss here on the show. Um, so, yeah, you want me to go first? It's up to you. Your call. You, you've been first twice. Oh, I don't okay. mind, but I don't mind. All right, I'll go first again. I like the uh, – because you're far more organised than I am, oh, okay. it sets the tempo oh, right, okay. and and the professional level, and then I just tail off. <laughs> Stagger in at the end and <laughs> just tail it off to wherever it gets us. All right. Go for it. Um, okay, jolly good. So previously we've been talking about um, all sorts of different things, including computer games, computer space games, Um one of them being No Man's Sky um, and procedural generation and stuff. And um, we might have um, Rick come on sometime yes. in the future. And he mentioned No Man's Sky to me. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and he's been playing it. So he was, he, he was on board early. What do you mean on board? Like, oh, he, was he? Early yeah, yeah. backer or whatever? No, no, as in it, like almost the weekend it was released, I think he jumped oh, into right. it. Okay. So he's been, he's been into it at least – I don't know. It may have been in the earlier days as well. I think he has been into it. So um, hopefully we'll get his opinion on it and uh, check out what he's, he has to say because I'm sure he's got some good insights. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking about space, 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 space. So you can see here on our little Mindomo neural net thing that we've got going going here, I've got space, Alpha Centauri. I went out to, went out to dinner with the, with the parents the other night. The, the olds, and, um, you know, we were talking about various different things and I and I asked them because I was going to kind of talk about this little thing that I'm about to talk about, this or at least some of it, space news. So I asked them, what's the closest star to our star? And it's like blank stares, like they had no idea. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like, oh, guys, come on. So anyway, it's um, the closest star is Alpha Centauri, right? So that's what I would I would have backed Alpha Centauri if you had asked me the same question. All right, so would I be right? You would have been right. 
And I would have been right too if you had have asked me, what's the closest star to our sun, right? But if you ask me what's the second closest star to our sun. Gone. I have no idea. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, so Alpha Centauri. So Alpha Centauri has been in the news recently. Uh-huh. Are you aware of no. any news items oh. associated with Alpha, Alpha Centauri? Um, they've found some likely contenders, like some planets that could prove interesting. They have found some planets that are likely contenders that could prove industry. Yeah. interesting. <laughs> um, so... Um, as you may or may not know, Alpha Centauri is probably one of the brightest stars in the sky. Oh, yeah. Okay. Does it sit it's in the, closest, the constellation? Right? Yeah, know? yeah. It's in the constellation of... Orion? Well, it's, it's probably in the... Belt. Taurus is the... I don't know where it is. Um, Taurus. Centaurus. As in, as in the, I mean, um, that's why it's in, it's got named Centauri. It's Alpha Centauri. So it's so you reckon Taurus? I imagine it's I Taurus. Think it's pretty good bet. It's probably the the brightest star in that constellation. Mm-hmm. All right. Remember, your truth value may vary on this show, but but that's that seems seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. All right. So and it's made up of three stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a pair of stars that sort of circle each other, very close to each other, and um, one star is bigger than our sun, and one smaller than our sun. So it's a nice kind of happy little family. And then there's this other star, which is called um, Proxima Centauri, right? And that one orbits the two stars a very, 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 very long way away. Mm -hmm. Um, So long away that I think if you look up into the sky, you know, you can actually, you can't see the Alpha and Beta Centauri. They're too close. So all you see is one very bright star. But Proxima is actually further enough away, so in the night sky... You know, you can't see it with the naked eye, but it's mm. separate from the the other two. So people have been checking it out, and then recently there was a a what they thought was a discovery of a planet uh, circling the Alpha Beta, but no, turned out it wasn't. But some people have been checking out Proxima Centauri, mm. looking for a planet there, and there was this group, and I'll just go into this um, this um, map that I I built here called the Pale Red Dot. <laughs> which is a play on words for the pale uh, blue dot yep. from Carl Sagan. Yep. Um, and so essentially this is the, these are the, the, the people. This is the, um, the, the release. Um, we are a team of astronomers uh, running a campaign called the Pale Red Dot. We have found definitive evidence of a planet in orbit around the closest star to Earth besides the sun. The star is called Proxima Centauri and lies just over four light years from us. The planet we've discovered is called Proxima b, and uh, this makes it the closest exoplanet to us, therefore the main target that we should develop uh, technologies to to search outside the solar system. Mm -hmm. All right, so, um, and they think that this is a rocky world. Yep. And they think it's probably only just a bit larger than Earth. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and the other thing that you need to know as well is that Proxima Centauri is a tiny star. Oh, okay. It's, it's only, not it, like ours. No, it's like a, a bit bigger than Jupiter. Okay. Right? But it glows and it's like it's on fire or whatever, right? So it's um, it's a big, hot Jupiter. And then there's this planet that's, that's circling around. And the planet has a year. Its year is 11 days. 
Oh, really? So it's whipping. So it's whipping around there, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's whipping around really fast. And that means that it's also very close. Yeah. To Proxima. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's, it's potentially a rocky world. And the other thing is that it's in the habitable zone, all right? The habitable zone. So that means that, but you know, all things being equal, you could have liquid water on this this little planet. Yep. Um, there are a couple of caveats, though, that um, it's probably uh, tidally locked. Yep. All right. So that means that one side potentially always faces the yep. the, the star, um, or or what sometimes happens is that these planets get into resonances. Yeah. And so it's a two and three. So mm. it might the, the planet might ro- rotate three times when it goes around the star twice. Mm. It's in this sort of strange beat yep. that it gets going into itself after a million years or something. Right? Yep. All right, so that's where we're at. Um, another potential issue is because it's so close to its little little star, it's probably being pulverised by all sorts of gamma, beta, alpha, X-ray things. So, but the end result is that four light years from here, the closest star four light years from here, has something that you could probably stand on. Yeah. All right. So that's 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 the takeaway message mm-hmm. that it's. It's um you know it's like this um pond full of lily pads you know the lily pad next door can probably you can probably stand on it yep yep okay so what they've said what they said here on these are the pale blue uh, pale red dot people who I think are the ones yeah these are the ones that that found it so they're talking about you know this is where we should explore the next solar system mm-hmm. so where to next is the is the actual question that I want to talk about for this mm-hmm. uh, this thing tonight. Um, so where to next? This is the this is where to. Mm. This is where where we need to be going, right? So <clears throat> imagine you had the space shuttle, and you took it up into space, and you took it to a space petrol t- station, and filled her up, filled her up with with gasoline, right? And you strapped on two extra tanks. Mm. You filled them up as well, and then you uh, you know. Pulled up the revs and dumped the clutch, and uh, went as fast as you could until all your fuel ran out. Mm-hmm. How long would you imagine that it takes you to get to Alpha Centauri? It's thousands of years, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. um, you're probably one order of magnitude out. It's yeah. 70, 80, 90, a hundred thousand years yeah. to get there. Yeah, and we live in the internet generation, and we don't want to wait a hundred thousand years for something. Yeah, we want it now. God damn it! So what we're going to need is we're going to need something better. Better than what? Better than, better the, than the space Better than the space okay. shuttle full yeah. of full of bloody petrol, yeah. right? We're going to have to come up with something a bit smarter Absolutely. to get to Alpha Centauri. All right. So are you aware of the New Horizons mission that they had <coughs> to Pluto just recently? Yes. So they sent a piano to Pluto, right? It's like the size of a grand piano. They had a big rocket on the back of it and they uh, – they shot it out. <clears throat> I think it did a whip around Jupiter and then it got a million zillion miles an hour and managed to get out to Pluto inside, I don't know, I'm totally guessing here, but it was like years, eight mm. years or something rather mm. to get out to Pluto. So so that's one thing. Um, but the thing about that mission was that once you get out there to Pluto, you can't stop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a done deal. You, you're like a bullet. Yeah. And you can't get... 
locked into an orbit around Pluto. No, it's get, too small. And you'll get torn apart as well, like so, sh- surely. Well, you- Like the gravity required to pull you in- Would clear, probably tear you apart. Yeah. You'd be too strong to, for you to survive. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it would have In to theory. be because you're going so damn fast. Yeah. Something like that, right? But Pluto doesn't even have enough of that damn gravity. Yeah. So you just it's just going Because I've never heard that as posed as a problem before because I've heard the argument of how much fuel you would need, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Because it's exponential. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, the faster you want to go, the more fuel you need, the more power mm-hmm. you need. So, yeah, and, and then you, you weigh half the planet. Um, That's right. But no one's ever mentioned that you need a whole lot of fuel Stop. That's right. Like you're going to stop. You've got to fire the thrusters. <laughs> Put them the other way. Yeah. So you're going to have to um, take even more fuel, mm. double the load, yeah. if you want to stop. So like the New Horizons, you know, so you can't stop. Yep. So how? We, so with that in mind, how are we going to get to Proxima um, Centauri? We're going to have to make a much lighter spaceship. Ah. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a website that's going to start thinking about this. Um, and just to whet your appetite, what we're talking about is a spaceship that's measured, its weight is measured in grams. Mm-hmm. And then the idea is we're going to accelerate it very fast. Okay. Right, up to 20% the speed of light. All right. So very, very fast. Yeah. All right, so um, this, is the, this is the website we're going to check out. Um, and it's called... Starshot. Are right. we are we talking about a message or a vessel? We're talking about a spaceship. Okay, it's a vessel, but you can't sit in it. It's like it's no. going to be the size of a mo- you know it's a large mobile phone or something rather. It's it's small. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, so this is Starshot. This so this is the, the first thing we have to do is we have to talk about um, who's on board here on the board. Okay. And we've got some boffins. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we've got some rich people. That's right. Okay. So we've got Stephen Hawking. Is no doubt putting his brain the size of a planet towards this problem. And then we've got um, uh, Yuri Milner, founder of DST Global, um, and Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. Wow. Um, and I understand, though I can't um, explain it very well, that they've got a couple of um, NASA boffins. Yeah, well, they would attract some around, interest. Lurking well, around as well. Like that's that's uh, quite a trio there. Yeah, so that's quite a trio, exactly. So what are they going to do? They, they've got this crazy plan for a spaceship to send to, and so this is going to be how it works. What you have is, is you have a spaceship the size of a mobile phone, and it's actually a sailing ship. Oh, okay. And it's going to have a sail mm. on it. How big is the sail? It's only the size of metres. Oh, good. It's measured in metres, so maybe two metres, one, two metres, something like that. Um, and it's a light sail. Oh, okay. All right. So it hitches a ride with light. So it hitches a ride with light. Okay. Or more exactly what you do is you grab a photon of light and you chuck it at the thing. Okay. And then the photon hits the sail thing and it actually pushes the spaceship just a little bit. So how are you going to push this sail along? How are you going to push it? You're going to use freaking laser beams. All right. From Earth-based. Earth-based freaking laser beams. It's impressive. <laughs> okay, so here's the plan so far, right? You've got this thing that's essentially some sort of mobile phone mm-hmm. and then it's going to have this big sail around it, right, this big sail. And then down on Earth, up in the Chilean mountains, there's going to be this array of freaking laser beams and they're going to, and this thing will be sitting 
somewhere up in space, mm. and then these freaking laser beams, these big freaking laser beams are going to shoot the thing, and then they're going to shoot it with big freaking laser beams, yep. Yep. and that's going to sort of overcome the fact that the the thrust you get from a little pulse of light is is minuscule. And so the the light will hit and it'll push the thing along and they fire the freaking laser beams at it for like five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. Yeah. And then that accelerates it up to 20% of the speed of light. Yeah. And um, so how do you stop it? Well, like the New Horizons, <laughs> it's a one-way ticket and you don't stop it. Oh, you don't stop it? No, you can't stop so it. So what is its purpose? It's going to go to Alpha Centauri. It's a beacon. Is it a beacon? Yes. Like I said, it's a mobile phone. We're sending a mobile phone to Alpha Centauri. Is it? it but it's a, it's got a short life. Like the beacon can, it's it's eventually going to fly out of that system, isn't it? Out of our solar system. No, out of that one. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll just keep it'll on just going. Keep going. No, yeah. So yeah. it's only going to be a beacon for a short amount of time. That's right. So it's like the New Horizons. Yeah. As it goes past, it's got to do what it's got to do, yeah. and then it's gone. Okay. <clears throat> now, one of the advantages to it is once you've invented this this spaceship. Because they're only the size of a mobile phone. Yep. You pack about 150 of them into another spaceship and you put it up in orbit. Yep. Orbit. Yeah. And then this little thing will, you know, eject one, and then the freaking laser goes. Yeah. All right. And then you put another one. Yeah. All right. And then you just fire off as many as you want to wherever you want. Uh, and another thing that you can potentially do is you fire at Alpha Centauri. You fire uh, 60 or 100 of them. Yeah. But all at slightly different speeds so that they spread out into an array. Yeah. And when it gets there, the first one talks to the second one and sends messages all the way back to where? Yeah. So in theory, oh, I got you. So it's just jumping. It's like a relay a pony thing. Ex- pony Express. Yeah, Pony Express type of thing. All right. So. Well, what we're talking about, though, you're, you're talking about moving data, right, potentially, because even if data is written on a brick, yeah. well, small brick, yeah, and stuck inside, you're moving data. Yep. At the speed of the speed of light. Well, twenty percent the speed 20, of light. Twenty percent the speed of light across yeah. the universe. Yeah. So, if we crack the human, um, the data that maps a human, an individual. Yeah, like a bunch of DNA or something yeah, like that for yeah. an individual, like yeah. that that deep mm-hmm. right, data set. Then and then we have. Synthetic. Um, we're already growing. Yeah, yeah. Tissue and flesh and all this sort of stuff. So you said a mobile phone with a very small hospital. Potentially, we're talking <laughs> about humans traveling at the speed of one. What is it? One third the speed of sound. Uh, the speed of light. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. One fifth. Yeah. So what you get is at the moment, you know, what what you get is you can. You can send this thing, I mean, see, it's got to go 4.4 light years, um, and that would normally take us about 70,000 years, but you reduce that down to 20 years. Wow. Okay, so you can get it down to 20 years. That's pretty good. So that's the idea. So now there are some challenges involved. And this is the cool thing about this website because they've also got listed here um, all of the different things that they have to do. So this is the things to do list. Oh, okay. Right? And they've also got a breakdown of how the spaceship works. Yep. Now, they've obviously got Stephen Hawking and they've given him, you know, two or three cans of Red Bull. Yeah. And they've said- He's gone nuts. <laughs> he's gone nuts, exactly. 
So I'll go through this list and we'll just take a quick look at, at what they're thinking and, and the bits and pieces yeah. that, that you need to, to make the ship work. All right. So the first one is, fo- so imagine we've got a mobile phone. Well, we've got a frame, right? And we're going to start sticking bits on it. And it's got to, got to weigh grams in the end, in, in measured in grams. So the first one is photon thrusters. Okay. So it's got to have rockets on it on it itself so yeah. that it can rotate itself and turn around oh, okay. and yeah. things, yeah. right? Measured in grams. Measured in grams. But it can't have a rocket mm. with fuel in it because it's way too heavy. Yeah. So it's going to have what they're, they're planning here is photon thrusters. Okay. It's got little friggin' laser beams on it. Yeah. And, and it's, to, sh- it's shooting light. And shoot light. And to turn itself, it just leaves that on for- I don't know, six months or something rather. We just slowly turn it around to point a little bit to the left. Yep. Okay. So that's 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 the first thing. Photon thrusters. Next, it's got to have a camera on it. Okay. And they're tracking um, camera technology. So if you have a look here, and we were talking about this type of stuff last week. Mm. So a sub. I'm reading off the the thing here. A subgram scale two megapixel camera. Uh, cameras are currently widely available, very low cost, yep. and they've got this sort of um, this trend happening. You know, a doubling of the pixel value mm-hmm. for the same mass every two years. Okay, so it's got to have a camera on it, so it's going to take a photo when it gets there. Um, it's got to have some bunch of microprocessors, so we've got to have some sort of computer on there. It's got to have a battery, and this is one of the the big challenges that because batteries are heavy, and you've got to have a lot of we've well, got to have some sort of amount of power so they've got here you can see words like plutonium 238 yeah. it's got to have this hyper-powered mega mini battery on it it's got to have a power management system so that's that that's the thing that that turns things on and off and makes them do whatever it has to do so it's got one of those on there here's an interesting one it's got to have a protective coating on it because protecting from from space from um, junk and rubble and yeah, stuff in space, matter, matter Real in world space, physical matter. Because you're going to be going at twenty percent the speed of light. Yeah, crazy. so anything that hits the spaceship, yeah, yeah. Well, we've just we should probably <laughs> sh- sh- put that one in its own column, shouldn't we? What do you mean? Well, it's it's the realms of fantasy, isn't it? Like, how do you protect anything? Well, that's traveling that fast. Through you. Well, how you do it is you need to have Stephen Hawking on your team with at least two cans of Red Bull. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> they're actually doing um, calculations. So they're calculating how much space dust they're likely to hit. Yeah. And because it's space dust is what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about a molecule. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of stuff. So they're like not really- a, Like a grain of sand. Oh, but even smaller than a grain oh, of really? sand. Oh, yeah, yeah, You're much smaller than a grain of sand. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, <laughs> they've got penetration values and armour values and they're calculating masses and speeds and they're trying to devise this stuff that, you know, and it seems plausible that, mm. you know, it's basically- a big bunch of atoms. If a big bunch of atoms hit it at two twenty percent the speed of light, hit the yep. ship, yep. you know that it'll only penetrate in two millimeters into the into the the mm. protective shield on the front of your mobile phone spaceship. Okay, so you got to have a whole bunch of that stuff. <clears throat> Integrity under thrust. So it's going to for eight minutes. It's going to go from zero to twenty percent the speed of light. Eight minutes. Well, they, they didn't quite say, but that's what they mean. They mean it's yeah, a very yeah. short amount of time. Yeah, to, there's acceleration going yeah, on. Yeah, so you're going to accelerate. So it's got to have structure. Stability under the beam. 
because if this thing gets a wobble while yeah. you're shooting the beam at it, it'll just yep. go bananas. Um, cost um, phase. Uh, atmosphere. So they're going to have to shoot the laser beam through the atmosphere, so they're going to have, have to have adaptive optics. Yep. Optics. Do they have to shoot, shoot it through the atmosphere? They probably need power, yeah. It's what are you gonna if be... you're gonna put it in space? What are you gonna plug it into? Yeah, that's it. Because later on, they talk about how much, how much. Um, I'll show you here how much power you're gonna gonna use. Oh yeah, yeah. And the power that you need for the freaking laser beams is measured in gigawatt hours. It's it's not one point twenty one gigawatt. <laughs> it's <no>. almost. It's <laughs> almost. <laughs> Um, and if you go to Wikipedia and you have a look at gigawatt hours, you'll get Dr. Emmett Brown. You'll get Dr. Emmett Brown. But essentially what it says is um, power stations over very long periods of time measure energy in gigawatt hours. Okay. Small nations measure power yeah, yeah. in gigawatt hours. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what we're talking about yeah. to fire these laser beams. Um so you've got to have this this um, this light sail, and it's just got to made out be made of special stuff, so it doesn't melt when you shoot the, the lasers at it. Mm-hmm. Um, precisely determining the orbital position of the exoplanet because it's kind of going to be dead reckoning. It's going to be like, yeah. I reckon, yeah, let's have a go. Pew. It seems like there's a whole lot that has to be developed that doesn't exist. Some of it scientific discovery that has to happen there as well based on a plan. Like they have a plan. They have a plan. And then they've said, that's going to be the plan. Yeah. Now go and invent a whole bunch of other stuff so that we do that plan. Yeah. So So if we're going down a pathway mm -hmm. that involves having to find a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't exist, Mm. why do we need that plan and not just – Magic carpet, man. <laughs> well, if you can invent magic carpet. But just like there's to me, I don't see a difference in imagining one solution that uses everything we already have, mm-hmm. although that solution is completely unobtainable mm. currently, or a solution that makes sense, but it requires a hundred things that we don't have that we have to go and find. That to me, they there's no difference there. To, like that is just as crazy as some of the things you need to make that actually work. Okay, so I understand what you're saying, but what these guys are saying is that it, some of this stuff already exists, some of it is in development, and some of it actually has to be invented. So yeah. there's a, there's a bit of a spectrum there. But what they're saying is that it's plausible. Oh, okay. So that's 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 the deal. It might not exist yet, but. It's plausible that you can make a nano film yeah. that can actually resist the energy of the the freaking laser beams. Yeah. They, Stephen Hawking, when he's drinking his Red Bull, can think up a way that you could you mm. could be done. Yeah, but you actually have to do it. Um, and that kind of ties into another thing. Like if you imagine, like CERN, you know CERN, the Large Hadron Collider, they had to invent the internet. Because there's so much data being captured yeah. to analyze it, they they invented the internet. CERN was the internet was essentially invented to service CERN. Oh, really? So that they could process the freaking data. So at one stage back in back in 1978, there yeah. was a list like this, and some crazy guy on Red Bull said, 
we're going to need a freaking computer the size yeah. of a planet to, yeah. to, to do this, right? And someone worked out how yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was talking with um, yeah, with the, the parents last night and I was t- talking to them about this, they, they, were, they sort of brought up the point, why? Why would you ever do this? Mm. You know, why would you even bother? Mm. <clears throat> and the, the answer I think for that is, and there might be more answers and there might be better answers, but one of the answers is, to make CERN, you have to invent the internet. Yeah. And CERN itself, when you're whizzing around little protons, you don't really get anything out of it yep. apart from the, the glory of, of now knowing more stuff. Mm. But you do get the internet out of it because you had to make the internet to make it. Yeah. And to get yourself to another planet across, you, 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 what you're going to get in the end is you're going to get this blurry photo yep. of a smudgy planet and people are going to go... Yeah. yeah, and people, and then a lot of people say, "Well, why do we bother?" But in the end, we'll have all of this stuff that we've invented, yeah. and that's the stuff that'll go on your fry pan, yeah. so that you can cook eggs twenty yeah. seconds quicker than normal, and, yeah. and all of that sort of business. Absolutely, and and <clears throat> that's what that's exactly how my argument falls over mm. that it it doesn't hold water mm. because. It's the side effect of all that development, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, then there's a whole list here. We don't perhaps need to go through too much more, um, but they're also they're thinking about what, does, how does the camera work? When does it get there? They have to point the camera at the planet. How are they going to do that? And all this, Maintaining this functionality of- over decades in space. Yeah. One of the advantages of that is that they should it should be cheap once they eventually get it all organized. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. very expensive to make yeah. very cheap things, and then yeah. you can just shoot off just 100. Just keep shooting yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, if they break, doesn't matter, shoot off another one. Um, laser sales. And then the last the, the last thing that they have to um, sort of um, – they said they have to do is that then the, the spaceship has to still have enough power stop. to send a late – no, no, it can't oh, no, that's stop. Right, can't it's not stop. stopping, yeah. Right. But it has to send a laser beam – to transmit the signal, the signal back, transmit the photo yep. back to Earth. Receiving images with laser beam array and sending images with laser, uh, with laser using sail as antenna. So it kind of shoots the laser beam at itself at the sail to yep. use that as a antenna to broadcast the, the so the image. same laser that we're shooting it with to get it there also can hold data. Well, that, that yeah, I'm not sure how that works, but that, that same laser somehow picks up the signal as well. Yeah. Cool, man. So that's it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. I knew that Zuckerberg was sticking his money in some um, developmental programs for scientific-based, mm. you know, power and energy and things like that. I think he's invested in a satellite or two yeah. or, a, or something or other. Yeah. I'd have to check on that, but. And I think he actually cares. I don't mm. think his moral ground is solidly based on profit like some of them. Um, so let's end with a short movie. Um, you can I'll, I'll pass it over to you at the end of the movie uh, and we can get you – you can give us some uh, critiques on your um, impressions of the – Animation. The yeah. animation quality. Um Oh, okay. <laughs> yep, yep. So anyway, here's our little nano spaceship. Yep. It comes out of the mothership. There's another 150 of them all lined in there. There's our friggin' laser beams. Okay.
Whoa. We just use the energy for an, that a nation would produce. Yes. In, yep. Like, And we get out another one. Another one of the things that they said was a challenge is that the Earth's moving as well, so that, that's why they've only got to find like, like nine seconds. So anyway, it, it then gets itself into a more, to use a funny word, aerodynamic oh, okay. attitude. Well, it would tr- be about the debris. Yeah, so it hits less dust. They, 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 can, they reckon they can calculate that it, it might hit a 1,000 particles on the journey Okay, is what they, they imagine that it'll, it will hit. Mm-hmm. So they've just got to survive a 1,000. They arrive, Alpha, Beta, Proxima. They go past. Awesome. They have to turn themselves, take the photo. Yep. And then they have to reorientate themselves, change the thing, and then send the signal back. Awesome. And this beam diffuses out. And then this array has to then try and pick up the beam as it diffuses over the whole earth. And there you go. They would have been better just using black lines on white paper. (laughs) Because it's so bad, it takes your attention away from the science. It does a little bit. And it makes it look silly. It's a bit funny how, you know, there's a lot of global illumination going on here. Yeah, yeah. And the and the texture on the ground there is is stretched out over kilometers. Yeah, the same texture. Yes, it's terrible. It's, it's ter- terrible. And the uh, the textures on the rocks here, <laughs> it's all it's all stretched, <laughs> and and the foreground stuff is is really awesome. So no, this is not how you present a serious. Uh, uh, it's, what's it called? Um, star breakthrough shot. breakthrough star, star shot, shot animation full. <clears throat> so it was the full version. The director's cut. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's cool, man. I do. I did like the um, the illust- having s- seeing it illustrated like that made a big difference. Mm. Sort of mm. it, it. You help. You sort of understood it, mm. but you also immediately saw some of the the issues, the problems. Mm-hmm. So that eight minutes it fires a laser. I'm, I'm just making that up, but it's a very short amount of time. Cool. So they don't spend two weeks firing it, you cool. know. Yeah. Well, they can't spend two weeks because the earth would just rotate around and – Well, d- I'm thinking it can't It can, can't be less than 12 hours, can it? No, no, it can't Unless be less. Unless you stick it at the North Pole. Oh, that's a, that's a good thought. Northern South. We should write in. We should write in and say mm-hmm. – They could do that. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, you think of that. Shoot but I don't think they the can poles. put it in space – because how are you going to get that amount of power up to your spaceship? I don't no, know. you're right. You're right. There would, you would have to store a yeah. lot of solar energy over a year or something to, to get that sort of power. Yeah, yeah. Maybe longer. Yeah, yeah. Very good, sir. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I like it. This is definitely something that I think you'll uh, – You'll like. In fact, I'd be very surprised if you weren't already completely aware of the Stron Beast. What have you have you heard of the Stron Beast? Uh, I might have seen one of these. This Stron Beast. This is the Stron Beast, which is. Uh, <clears throat> let me just stop that for a second. Which was developed by Mister Theo Janssen. Mm. And um, 
basically it's let me show you the mechanism that he founded and developed. So essentially, there's an equation that is the re- that is represented okay. by this structure that okay. he came up with, and it's the numbers. It's how the numbers all work and the angles. Okay, watch how it works. So he worked out that if you drive it around a central uh, pivot point, okay, you get a walking motion, an arc <laughs> on the end point or the end node, similar to exactly. What we look for when we're animating, mm. we 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 go to the uh, the wrist and the and the ball uh, the heel, and we look at the trajectory, and we see the trajectory to make sure it's smooth and it's arcing properly and it travels flat across the ground. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. This is designed. This mechanism is designed to create that arc, which is common for walking. Now, if you took a vehicle stuck it on dry sand mm-hmm. or and there's a myriad of surfaces, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and got it to go across it, mm. it's terribly inefficient. It's terrible because it stays co- consistently connected to the surface the whole, the whole time. Okay. And that becomes a problem. Whereas humans or animals, we step over things. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how we walk through sand. Yeah. That's how yeah. we walk through water and over rocks and things like that. So what he did is he realized that he could make a raise. <laughs> yeah, okay. Multiples all driving off the same central uh, point. Yep. And that led him to the evolution of the <laughs> Strombrist. Now this, there's no mechanical process going on here. Okay. It's Well, hang on. There's no, like, engine or anything. No engine at all. It's wind. Now, these ones here, these are different. These, The way these work is there's some gears that are these big long sticks here. He uses gravity to start the process, and then gravity takes over and, and the weight of the stick. Uh-huh. And while it's doing that, it's pumping air into bottles, right. plas- plastic bottles. Yeah. So he's storing the wind. <laughs> so what it does is as this thing walks, it uh, stores okay. the wind, which starts the process again yeah. if the wind dies off. Right. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. Look at this thing. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> so these are, these are those things. He's got these sails, and when you turn them into the wind right, they they do this. And, uh-huh. and while they're doing it, they're storing. You can see the, see the bottles along here? Okay. So that's storing up pressure, air pressure, right? It's, it's storing up the, the power of the wind mm. is the way he terms it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they start to look elegant and and posh, don't they? And and sort of and beautiful. He yeah. calls them animals. Yeah, yeah. You can the see the why. phrase "strond," uh, "strond beast," literally means beach beast. Oh, okay. Yep. But the they've evolved over the years. You can see these bottles here, and there's some uh, plastic hoses, and so this mechanism here is pumping air into these bottles with the valve and uh-huh. then the valve is tripped when it starts like when when it gets full it's tripped and then releases and moves the whole thing forward again you see a cascade going down the the thing like ripple, a wave yeah yeah down. rippling down yeah and that's the that's the mathematic nature of it mm-hmm. and it's so easy to look at them and go no there's got to be a little motor in there or something <laughs> 
But one thing to notice, look how smooth the chassis is, the, yeah. the main. It's it's incredibly efficient. It's because he, that's wind. And you'll notice he's not in the hurricane. Well, this is a little rainier. Yeah. Um, but these ones here, mm-hmm. that's that, look at the waves out there. There's not even white caps on the water, so True. it's not it's not blowing a gale, mm-hmm. and yet it's enough for these things. So they must be incredibly efficient. They're made out of um, PVC pipe. Ah, oh, right. It's just um, <laughs> probably about two centimeter or one and a half centimeter PVC pipe. So it's quite small stuff, and surgical tubing is how he lashes it all together. So it must have like a little turbine in there when that opens the valve and the air pressure comes out and it turns a turbine somewhere and the turbine is the central shaft. There's there's no power. Is that what you mean? But he's storing like high pressure air, right? He's pumping yeah. air in. Yeah. And then when it walks, it's using the air to make it walk. To start the process. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To, to keep it going. It it it, it, it runs out a little bit and it starts it to keep it going. As far as, I mean, that's what I can make of it. Um, a lot of the stuff that's available, look at the amount of legs on that thing. <laughs> it's like a caterpillar or something. Yeah. I love where this ends up. Oh, this thing's awesome. It's exactly the same mechanism. It's just got coverings. Yeah, yeah, that looks and, awesome. And it's made a lot more efficient. Um, or... or a lot more aesthetic. So he's just pulling it, and it just still it just cycles through yeah. its walk that, cycle. That thing weighs two ton, yes, yeah, sure. or a ton and a half, or something like that. And yeah, he can just pull it with one hand because it's incredibly efficient. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see these things pumping those rods, and they lead to the bottles. I'd like to see where the think of this what one. the hell. I think this is the use of the water, uh, uh, the air, mm-hmm. is actually driving this process. He's got a piston there. Oh, what's it doing? It's, it's just hammering in a stake. I could never work out why. Oh, right, okay. There's this animal hammering in a stake. So that was sort of the evolution of um, of the Strombeast. Mm-hmm. And many other people have um, jumped on and have a – definitely a love relationship with the Strom Beast, mm. including Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Oh, sweet. Did he make one? He made one. And this yeah. is this is him. Now, what I want to show you is um, during this, which seems to be some sort of public showing of it, mm-hmm. right? and he's showing people, and you'll notice in the centre of the uh, unit here, there's a milk crate with some wheels on it and a seat. And so, <laughs> right, okay. And, and there's a, some bike, <laughs> bike pedal here. And so – Early on here, he's sitting in it, and it's really difficult for him to start the process. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But he finally gets it and approves it, and the crowd goes wild, and he's he's all mic'd up, and he's really happy. But watch what happens when someone must say, "Why why don't you sit on top of it like a bike?" Right. Watch what happens. Did I consider a more standard bicycle construction? I did, except that someone built one of those. Um, I was really hoping to get on top of this, but I just, I just don't feel like. I, once I built it, I didn't feel like it was gonna. Wow, wait a second. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> Dude! Holy shit! <laughs> oh, it's a dope night. There 
are no children here. Oh, that is so awesome. Oh my God, I had no idea this would work. <laughs> Love it. Uh, his enthusiasm so infectious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's worth uh, – sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'm definitely going to show you um, what he has going on, on in, 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 in the interweb with Tested. Have you seen Tested? I've you seen – You would have seen the articles, some of the videos. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard That's a committed it. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like they put a lot into those shows mm. and um, he'll do a one-day build and it'll be um, a lightsaber or Han Solo's um, – Blaster mm. or the captain's chair from Star mm-hmm, Trek, and mm-hmm. and um, because he's a prop builder, mm. you know, that's what he that's what he does. But those like they'll test drones, all sorts of stuff. Mm. Um, VR, mm. um, elite one of the first elite dangerous videos I saw was them testing VR in elite dangerous with a Satek, um, Hotos. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was hooked, I was hooked on that <laughs> video, had right. to go and get it. So, yeah, um. Lots of people have taken the Strombeast and uh, and tried to make it their own. Mm-hmm. In the past 20 years, I have built a lot of machines powered by a drill. A bandsaw, a little lawnmower, even a little mini bike. I'm sold, right? <laughs> Absolutely sold. Yep. <laughs> Powered by a drill. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Isn't it cool? So you've got to love, and and the whole video was five and a half minutes, is a lot of him just sort of flying around. But you'd think it's all made of metal, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. No. No, well, it's, it's all spray painted. Yeah, wood, it's all spray yeah, painted yeah, timber, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks robotic. You know, when you see it, you see it uh, out on the street, all shiny and polished. But um, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy because he just likes to make a lot of really cool <laughs> shit that's run by a drill. And it's, it's and I look at that. You know, a million yeah. views. You know, everybody's got one of these themes. Absolutely, and it's like yeah, it's hilarious. It's really good. Uh, it's addictive to watch. Mm-hmm. Like you just go down this rat hole, and the more you, <laughs> the more you see, the more you, uh, uh, the more you look, the more you find. And sometimes when you're doing that, you go and look at the comment section. The top comment it's got about a thousand thumbs up, and it yeah. says. You know, I started watching music videos. It's two o'clock in the morning. How the hell did I get here? <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Oddest thing ever. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, you did. You notice though that it's actually was quite jerky, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's as a mode of transport, um, it left a lot to be desired. These guys had a different idea. Okay. Cajun crawler. Okay. I'm interested already. Huh? That's cool. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Watch the speed he gets up. I think he gets so much speed up that when he goes to stop, he's got too much top heavy. Oh. <laughs> so I think that's why a lot of them chose this this style. Uh, okay. But how cool is it? And look how flat yeah. the ride is for the person. So that's the trick for the drill guy. He needs to get a couple more drills. And a few more legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And the thing I like about this, it's steerable. 
as well. They're sort of one side stops while the other one powers around. So yes, these are the uh, this is the Cajun crawler that I came across. And look, it motors, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's crazy. <laughs> and when you think about it, there's not a huge leap from the wind on mm. the beach version. Mm. So how much power is being used there? So mm. you got to you got to wonder, you know, considering or, or putting it up against something like a scooter or where there's there's wheel friction and. Um, and axle friction, and mm-hmm. though, you know, you lose. It's quite an inefficient way to motor. Well, it's it's not bad, but this I think is better. I'd love to see um, those figures. Oh, didn't know there was any speed stuff. Like that steering is pretty pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can do a um, you can turn on a dime. You can basically turn within its own length. Whoa, we nearly lost it there. That's outstanding. So yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. So someone then compared it to another common. This is the the clan linkage, and you'll see as they walk that they're very similar in feeling like sort of a crawling animal across the ground. But you, this is sort of a simulation yeah, yeah. as far as I can tell. They've just sort of kicked it off, kicked a sim off, and it starts to excel away from, accelerate away from the other one. Mm-hmm. I love these little mechanical processes that mimic real world sort of animals and mm. and I've seen um, examples of software that um, that does a kind of an evolution on these mm. and mm. it'll then it'll then adjust the lengths of the the rods oh yeah yeah, yeah. right and some of the other the other parameters associated with it yeah. and it'll breed 15 yeah. then it'll race them take the top 3 Breed those, yeah. race them. That's you awesome. Know, and then after a while, you get something that, and and I've seen that produce things that no human would produce yeah. because they're often they often end up asymmetrical, right? And they've got the the worst, most horrible gait. This sort yeah. of you know this sort of quasimodo gait, but they humble along, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know they just bounce along, and yeah, yeah, they move pretty fast and stuff. It makes pretty, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? You sort of shortlist, shortlist, shortlist until you're left with the gun. The, yeah, you know. yeah, the best of the best yeah. is really what it is, right? So yeah, it's certainly um, it's out. Yeah, it got away from that. it. It was good. So that then. Yeah. Leads to toys and and various models that you can get. This one looked very uh, very nice, but I was also impressed with the grand trailer, movie trailer esque music and. <laughs> we needed Tom here to uh, translate. Translate. Please. Very smooth and sleek and matte black, and it's, it's got military written all over it. <laughs> yeah. Intelligent electronic. In fact, something like that with a bit of weight to it, maybe, maybe sort of this size, mm. could potentially um, 
could potentially be a minesweeper, couldn't it? Stomp its way across. Because if you've got all those legs <laughs> going across a field. They used to put, yeah, all sorts of crazy things on the front of tanks to do that. Yeah. That job, so. Yeah. So this would be a sort of throwaway, uh, throwaway tech in the field, wouldn't it? You could easily yeah. sort of walk into a, uh, a situation and assess it and maybe even put in some... Uh, you can include printing technology. You could probably print up the legs and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah if Camo. the legs get blown off or whatever, you just yeah, print yeah, up yeah, some print more. print up and, a new one. You could have self-printing, mm. couldn't you? <laughs> Start breeding itself. So where I wanted to uh, end up with this one is leave the Strombeast for a minute. The Strombeast was certainly the green version. We're now going into robotic yeah, absolutely. territory here. Now, I found this really cool talk, and this guy's more of an artist slash scientist, mm-hmm. which is always a, a good mix. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about um, waves, oscillation, um, the efficiency of waves and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just have a look. This right here is a, it's a circle, and it's got a bunch of strings. And the strings go, you know, to various sections. And right now, this, all the strings are tied in a knot, and they're right in the center of the circle. And if you move them to one side, <laughs> you get a wave. And if you roll around, <laughs> you get a sine wave. I think that's so <laughs> cool, man. There's a couple of different languages we can, we can talk about this. It's the simplicity of it the, and the immediate gratification the <laughs> of your mind going, I see exactly how that works. <laughs> and it's beautiful and it's brilliant. In other words, it has a frequency, and the frequency is how fast the wave is moving. And another one is that it has a wavelength, and the wavelength is the distance between, you know, what, where it starts to repeat it. If you, you know, repeated it on, keep going with this wave until it got to Canada. So he's talking about this mechanism um, and he's, he's sort of – he's taken that really basic principle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and broken it out into three-dimensional. Ooh, okay. And you get this. <laughs> and it's just stunning. <laughs> and he said like when you – because he's got multiple ones, right? Because mm-hmm. you've got the, the two X and Y, right? Yep, yep. And if you turn them at the right rate, mm-hmm. you get like an ocean sort of swell. Mm-hmm. If you turn this one at half the rate to that, then it, it sort of looks like the ocean is sweeping through, like the wind is sweeping the swell through. Um, and then he uses these sorts of things and his, his final sort of thing that he raises down out of the, um, the top of the theatre. Mm-hmm. Look at this stunning thing. And then when he comes when it finally comes down, you get to see the look at the amount of strings. Holy dooly. Yeah. And they're little beads. Uh-huh. That's crazy, man. That's a lot of work. But man, it's impressive. And it probably would just have a little motor running this big wheel that's sort of um And it probably has an X and Y. So yeah. there's one one motor running yep. and one motor running perpendicular to it. Yeah. And you can see that, that he just gets more and more elaborate. Mm. Um, look at this one. And it's all based on the same premise, mm. but you move away from a wave and or the representation of the wave in different objects, mm. but using the same science. So 
What does this mean in the real world? And by the way, this was Ruben Margolin. Margolin, sounds fair. Yeah. Or Margolin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's doing exactly the same thing, right? Ah, uh, that's amazing. Isn't it? This thing will crawl through a hole like a snake uh-huh. and then feed itself through the hole and because the, the skinny part will just keep moving yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It pushes itself through. Yeah. Ha, that looks amazing, doesn't it? It's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and it's really just driven by this one motor at the back of it mm. that just rotates. Very, very efficient, yeah? It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Um you can just imagine the type of um, the type of stuff that you can do with robotics. We've already had a look at um, quadcopters, and now I don't know what people are making crawling machines, and they're making robot worms. Yeah, you and, know, and playing with scale. So you're getting mm. big ass robots mm. that are constructing ships and things mm. like that in a fraction of the time. Mm. Um, prefabbing buildings and things mm. like that, like like commercial production lines. Imagine where we've come in 130 or 140-odd years mm. um, and the scale is just the small and the large and it's the same with robotics. It's, I think there are open-cut mines now that are just, you know, those big super yeah. trucks. Yeah. They're just GPS All robot autonomous, trucks. yeah. Absolutely. Up and down all day, yeah. pulling stuff out. Yep. And you know how that fa- uh, I saw a story, Doco, on that once and um, a couple of years ago, and apparently women are the best controllers in the, in, in the control room. Okay, why? They, they, they task juggle oh, okay. better than men <laughs> um, and they're cooler under pressure. You know, when they're knowledgeable uh-huh. – they're cool or under pressure. Uh-huh. Men can be cool and dumb at the same time, <laughs> and often resulting That's in how we multitask catastrophic uh, failure, <laughs> like catastrophic <laughs> results. Because in our stupid, we found it better to stand our ground. Yes, in in blazing bravado, <laughs> instead of using our our head. <clears throat> but at least we're cool when we're dumb. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's bring this. Puppy home. This is mm-hmm. Disney Research Hub. Ooh. Check them out regularly, man, because they throw money at, at brilliantly young people uh-huh. to develop some really, really cool shit. Right. And okay. this one is a computational design mechanism or a system that allows you to draw the arc that you want the bit to, like, say, say you've got a horse. You can grab the pivot point that you want and you draw the arc and it works out where the cogs and the struts need to be to make that a mechanical process. Okay. So if you turn this cog, that thing will – and then they have to – I'll show you one of them. <laughs> okay. So what we're looking at is a relationship of the struts and the distances that they're pinned together uh-huh. as they come off a gear and, and a cog system mm-hmm. with one handle. Yep. So it's all about this one handle. 
And what they what they've done is they've worked out a system oh, that see. works back the other way. <laughs> so all you have to do is work out the the. Um, this is like the evolution thing I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, the vector shape, the curve that you want. Yeah, yeah. And but yet it goes, and then it works backwards to tell you what has to exist in order to create that. The mechanical thing that that will do yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So let's see here. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And it doesn't matter how elaborate um, it'll work out where to put it. Huh. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Because these are th- the, we can track these things mm. um, from reference we can tr- track the curve from any joint on mm. an animal or on a person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which means you feed that in yeah, with the yeah. parts. So the the equation, um, the more static facts, I guess, you can feed into the equation, like the length of the limb and mm, the, mm. where is the, you know, where is it joined and that sort of stuff, the easier it is to So you to can make a cheetah out. versus a turtle or something or other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's a really, really because because it's an old school thing too. It's mm. still a mechanism. It's mm. still, it's it's not all virtual. It's, yeah, they they're doing this so they can build it. Yeah, yeah. And what they want to do is build it so that it's still one crank. Yep. So you got to offset the left and the right, and yeah. So this is how how you make a walking robot, and. You have to design or a, di- or a Disney animatronic. Oh, a Disney an- good point. character. A very good point. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, yeah. So when they've got one of their yeah, that's interesting. Pretty cool. That they, they go so high tech. This is cool. Um, they go so high tech in order to go low tech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the animation that you can get out of it. That's yeah. incredible. It's awesome, man. Like this, you watch uh, these. Are, these are some of the the machines that they've created based on their uh, on their calculations, on their simulations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So these are the results. That's the frog one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's lovely animation. They look at it. It's so um, offset. Yeah. And secondary. It's awesome. It's really cool. It just feels natural, and yet it's totally mechanic. And you can see those those pins in some of the cogs going up and down the the shaft to mm-hmm. get the rocking mm-hmm. back and forward. Mm. So that's internal, mm. in, in, and so it doesn't rely on a box sitting underneath it. That's impressive. Clockwork <laughs> lion. It's a, it's a, it is. <laughs> it's, it, it's really cool. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Look at it. And and some of the films of, I'd say, 70s, 80s, and in the 90s, this method would have been used live on stage um, using pu- puppeteer animatronic mix. Mm. So they've got offset cogs there that aren't circular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. to give that oscillation. Mm. Yeah, this is how good is this one? Like, look at it leaning. Yeah, yeah. The weight even <laughs> transfers. How good is that? 
That's pretty amazing, that is. This is pretty cool. <laughs> he's Bernie. <laughs> and Bernie looks like he's had a few. <laughs> How cool is that? Ah, Scorpion League. Yeah, right. It's awesome. Wow. It's and then run it all off the one yeah. all, off, all off the one motor. It's in, it's intense. <laughs> so let me pause that for a second so everyone can appreciate who contributed to uh to that program and, and of mm. course Disney um Disney Research, the guys at Disney uh Research Hub. Mm. It's an awesome site. It's definitely uh something we'll we'll check out regularly because they're into this face replacement stuff and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we come across in our mm-hmm. uh, regular sort of research sessions in our field that touch, if not come from, these sorts of programs. Mm. Um, and Disney are, yeah, definitely putting back in. So that's my round trip uh, in from um, from our – Beast, what's it called again? The Strand Beast. Strand Beast, that's it. always forget the Strand. Um, From the Strand Beast to Disney. That's where we went today on our uh, robotic journey. And we didn't even touch, you know, it's the tip of the iceberg. You know, you've got the DARPA boys and the military playing with the prancing animals and things like that. Um, it's kind of a bit close to the the stuff I was talking about, actually. Strangely, coincidentally, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. autonomous sort of processes mm. and um, robots, yeah. essentially, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I think that's we can't avoid that. That's exactly where we're going. Where where robots? I think in our lifetime, Dan, um, they're going to build houses, cars. They're going to do all those manual labour things. It'll mm. be unheard of to go out and dig holes and build houses and lay pipe and that sort of stuff. Um, we'll all become engineers of some level. Mm. You know, we're either inventing stuff or we're running the stuff we invented last time. Yep. Or we're thinking of better ways to manage the stuff we invented last mm. time. You mm. know, what I mean? and it'll all be around engineering. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. that's where we're all merging towards this process of creation of stuff. Teching up, basically. But the doing. Higher tech. That'll be outsourced. Society. To, yeah, the, mm. to technology. Mm. Before too long, technology is going to outpace even third world prices for creating iPhones and mm. things like that. It'll be cheaper for machines to just manage the whole process. Yeah, 3D print up a new machine and yeah. um, get yeah. a, get the old one to build the new one for you. And Absolutely. Yeah, you can watch YouTube in the meantime. 3D printing is the big part of it, mm. definitely a big part of it, mm. especially the fact that you can mock up so easily. Mm. You needed a whole team of um, fitters and turners and tradesmen mm. to actually mock up your ideas. Mm. Now you can just print the bloody thing out in an afternoon and, and test it. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably test it in 3D before you even get yeah. it out into the real world. Absolutely. Those yeah. simulations are getting a lot better as well, yeah, absolutely. But I definitely love this stuff. It's it's tangible. It's mm-hmm. mechanic. Uh, it's mechanical. It's You can touch it. You've got to grease it. You know, it'll probably make noise as it moves <laughs> and everything. I just like it. But it also presses right up against creepy, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a um, 
I might even bring it in next time. There's a robot that was used in a Mars movie with Kiefer, not Kiefer Sutherland, who played Batman that we love to forget. Michael Keaton? No, no, he wasn't too bad. The Michael Keaton Batman was pretty good with Jack Nicholson as the- Val uh, Kilmer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Val Kilmer, I, be- I believe, is in this movie. Uh-huh. I may be totally wrong, but it was a Mars movie. They went to Mars and the 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 robotic companion for the mission was this um, quadrupedal animal. At least that's what you thought it was. Mm-hmm. But as the movie developed, you realise that these the, the limbs can actually rotate all the way around. And when you can rotate joints in any direction, you're anything. You can be a gorilla, a panther, okay. yeah. A, yeah. A, a, a man. Mm-hmm. Like you can get up on two legs and, you know. And this thing goes a little crazy, I think. <laughs> and I remember the way it moved. It was way fast. Like you, you knew instantly as soon as this thing moved around the people, you knew if that thing turned on you, you'd be gone. There's no like you would you'd be four people would be dead before the first one blinked. It's like the animatronics on um, Jurassic Park. You know, before I understand, you know, people had to get a safety briefing and they yeah. have to say, "This is a robot Tyrannosaurus Rex." Yeah. Just because it's a robot doesn't mean it's not going to kill you. It can kill you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a it's, robot T-Rex. It's nine tons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's actually a robot yeah. of a of a thing with teeth <laughs> and it yeah. can kill you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'll, I'll try and bring it in because I remember it was one of the most unsettling mm. Um, mm. robots. And we've had pl- m- many in film. Maybe that's a subject that we might talk in, about in one of the shows. Um, good robots from film. We got to get back to some film. We got to yeah. get back to things like Ice Pirates. Yeah, I think we got to do some Tron. And uh, what was the one you were going to do? Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter. So we got to not forget, forget some days with robots and eighties movies. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the worst films in 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 the eighties sci-fi history, or, or I would say sci-fi history in general. Right. Yeah. One of the worst had one of the best robots in it, and um, it was a Disney movie called The Black Hole. I remember the black hole, and yeah, it did have. It had some... a cool robot, man. The bad guy robot, Maximilian, oh, had these spinning blade hands. Ooh. And at one point, a guy tries to protect himself with a big, thick book, uh-huh. and the paper just shreds <laughs> everywhere. And it's, it was a Disney movie, but I remember there was the the big, scary robot with the bladey hands, mm-hmm. and then there were these little floating ones. Yeah, yeah, little ball things. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember those. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. Um, it did not age well. I remember in the eighties, I loved it. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was great. Man, I, it did not age well. Yeah, yeah. We got to go back and have a look at some of those. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an interesting fact what what age what ages well and what doesn't. Mm. Um, I don't know. That might be it. That might be it. Yeah, might be done. I can close the mess that I've made of this desktop here. Get back to something uh, like that. So right. next week, next week, hopefully we've got a guest, a special guest. I'll leave it as a surprise mm-hmm. and uh, see who we turn up next week with. But um, uh, that's it for me, Dan. Uh, mm-hmm. Any any uh, parting words for the uh, well for the um, show? Still want um, those topics that we talked about: Tron, Last Starfighter, perhaps mm-hmm. be in people's minds because yep. want those to come back with vengeance. Yep. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's all at the moment, I think. And 
leave people with our motto, save often. Save often. Mm.